Welcome to Hang Time, March Madness Edition, brought to you by Backdoor Coverage. Let's do it. Shout out to T the three. And he brought it in because of me. You don't know nothing about me. Life with my brothers is deep. Long as they all on their feet. Long as they pockets is grease. I'm in a pair of still nothing is sweet. Just a man down with the pen is a sweep. Alright, we are back. We just finished up the first weekend of the NCAA tournament. Uh, a lot of craziness. We are here with Andrew and Matt once again. How are we doing today? Pretty good. Shout out to Elliot Geller. Shout out. Hello, shout out. Shout out to the uh, St. Thomas Aquinas Spartans headed to the uh, Elite Eight out there in uh, North Dakota, South Dakota. Who knows? But uh, playing tomorrow. Crazy world out there. It's um, it's definitely. I wouldn't want to be out there, but uh, hopefully, hopefully they won the championship. So, good for them. Um, now to the Division One NCAA tournament. Um, the first two days, I don't know about you guys. It was kind of. I thought it was kind of boring. There was some close games, but not really like, not really any crazy finishes or any signature moments within the first two days. Yeah, it's pretty boring. Not much. Yeah, I mean, just like looking at it, like it was really like Middle Tennessee State, Wichita, and Xavier, who were all teams that were maybe point or two favorites or underdogs either way. So they probably, you know, most people expected those teams to win, or a lot of people picked them to win anyway. Um, then just looking at the se- the next two days, we got some really good games. Uh, Villanova, obviously, uh, was a team. Either everyone picked Villanova or Duke, basically, in that region. So that was a great game. Uh, Nigel Hayes had the big play down the stretch. Um, we had Duke go down on, uh, what was it, Sunday night. That was um, everyone. You got to, I mean, Hover's smiling already. Uh, everyone, everyone. I mean, Twitter, when Duke loses, is like, it goes to another level. Um, we had the Kansas-Michigan State game. was kind of fun for a little bit. Rhode Island-Oregon. Uh, Rhode Island blew that game. And then North Carolina-Arkansas got quite interesting. So uh, what What do you guys, basically just what do you take away from the whole weekend, uh, whether it's your favorite game or um, what your biggest takeaway was? Beans, you want to go uh, Yeah, I'll go first. And we kind of talked about it last week where we thought Wisconsin was really underseeded. So Villanova kind of got screwed being the top overall seed. And having to face Wisconsin as an eight seed. Where, I mean, we all thought no one was going to win, but we knew it would be a tight game, but still surprised by the outcome. And then I think probably the biggest surprise out of you, said before, it's South talent of being Duke. Duke was playing so well, beat all those monster teams in the ACC tournament. South Carolina, you know, they, they, they were so good all season, and we're now playing incredible that game to beat such a talented team in Duke. And now uh, that all regions all screwed up. All the top three seeds, not it. So really, any one of those four teams, you know, the distance is minus to make the final four. Just crazy. One of those four teams have to make the final four. Yeah, I mean, well, MSG was looking at Nova Duke, and now they're getting, you know, Wisconsin. Wisconsin's the most well, most well-known team in that whole region. You got Florida, yeah, Baylor, sure. and South Carolina. 
But, uh, I mean, Wisconsin was underseeded, but Villanova, they didn't play well in the first game, and they really didn't play well in the second game either. Well, they're still they're, down in there. So they play, like you said, they played poorly and still came down to the you know, last two possessions. Yeah, they hung in, but they, they turned it over a lot. Uh, you know, they didn't, it, was, it was close down the stretch, but, you know, Wisconsin, Koenig even had four fouls in the game, but he... He he's always making big shots in the tournament games. They got all those guys that have been there before, Nigel Hayes, and um, even Ethan Happ, who really hasn't had that much experience, but he was pretty solid as well. So, uh, Holbert, what do you think? Well, the problem with Villanova this year is they have no depth. They don't have much of a bench at all. And then Chris Jenkins, for some reason, just forgot yeah, how to shoot. Not good. Not good. And then they don't have any size. That's all Wisconsin has is size inside with those guys happen. Nigel Hayes. So matchup issue for them. It's unfortunate they had to play Wisconsin in the second round. But, I mean, it made for a good game. But I think it should have been a couple rounds later, at least one round later. Yeah, I mean, we're just looking. I mean, when you looked at it and when the brackets came out, you knew Wisconsin as an 8 and Minnesota as a 5 was something that was – that was all. I mean, the seedings throughout the whole bracket was off. You had Wichita as a ten. Wichita, Kentucky was probably an elite eight caliber game. So I mean, yeah. I mean, the seedings always messed up. But I mean, we got the good game. So I mean, I don't really care. I don't care who wins. So I don't care what the seedings are. But um. But if, if I'm a Nova fan, I'm, I'm upset. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't have been but, happy. But also, I mean, also, your team didn't really play well in either. I mean, they beat Mount St. Mary's because they're Mount St. Mary's, and but that game was close going into half, and then you could tell you could tell the way this game was going that it was going to be it's, close. It's just so crazy how you can be playing so well. I mean, looked at the last 10, 15 games. You know, they rolled through the Big East tournament, and then all of a sudden, you know, this wasn't the same team against Mount St. Mary's. Like you said, it was what it was. Tie game or within five points with like ten minutes left in that game, and you knew like they were in trouble doing that Wisconsin game. That's exactly what happened. Yeah, um, one other thing that surprised me from the weekend was West Virginia, who a lot of people picked against them. I never liked picking for them, and then they even beat Notre Dame pretty handily. In a Notre Dame's a team that really doesn't turn it over, and they were able to speed them up. Um, Bonte Colson didn't look a hundred percent, but. Uh, the way West Virginia, yeah, West Virginia was able to shoot the ball like really. I I hadn't seen them shoot the ball like that during the whole year, and they were pretty impressive. And I think they got a decent shot at beating Gonzaga in the Sweet Sixteen. Well, I, I agree, they got a good chance of beating Gonzaga. Gonzaga hasn't really played phenomenally well in these first two games. I mean, they were only up four at halftime against the 16 seed. And then Northwestern, if it wasn't for that goaltending call, who knows what would have happened. Like, that, almost, that was a close game. game. I don't know. I'm not saying they would have lost, but that definitely changed the outcome a little bit. Yeah. But they were, they were up big, right? They were up to like 18-20, and all of a sudden, the game yeah. was over, and he looked. It's like, wow, this is a seven, eight-point game. Yeah. Like you said, they were up like five or six. And that goaltending goal, they would have been down. Yeah, I think it was. Three, it been a one possession game. Yeah, I think that, it was like a. It was, it was a four. It was a four or five point game. Like yeah, it was a four or five point game. Yeah, they had the goaltend, and then they went down the other way, and they would have scored. But um, another the refs have been really bad um, both ways in most of these games, especially when the kids have five fouls and. They're calling, uh, you know, hand check fouls, touch fouls, and you yeah, know. I notice it's fouls, right? That, these years, that's like, not, <laughs> and like everyone has the argument, well, they they play they play forty, not forty eight. They should get, they should just stick with the five fouls. But the games are com- officiated completely differently, you know, yeah, the college yeah, game. Is, sure. 
as opposed to the pros. So, I mean, everyone wants to see the best players play, obviously, and it always happens in the big games where the star player gets two. You get two in the first six minutes, then you're done for the half. Like, Koenig had four with, like, 16 minutes left, and he didn't he didn't get to go back in until there was five or six minutes left. So um, that's something I hope gets better uh, throughout the tournament. Probably not, but uh, we'll see. Play. I don't like how they call every titty tat foul. Yeah, and then not even that. They, they not only do they call that stuff, and then they miss a lot of the easy stuff, like the goaltend and you yeah, know, some blocks, some clearly blocks, some clearly charges, and they just you know switch them up. Who knows? Every time it's something different. Like they're rolling the dice, could be a charge, could be a, yeah, could be a block. It's it's been questionable throughout the first uh, two rounds, but uh, now I guess we'll just kind of go through the Sweet Sixteen, uh, talk about what we think. A lot of interesting matchups. Uh, throughout the different regions, so we'll start in in the Villanova, what was supposed to be the Villanova-Duke region, with Wisconsin and Florida at MSG, uh, Wisconsin obviously with all the experience, Florida, I didn't, you know, they lost their center coming into the tournament a few weeks before, and the, they were killed, I mean, Virginia, awful. They can't oh. score. We said it. We said, points in a tournament game. That's crazy. I, I said it. Win many of those. <laughs> no, I'm no uh, Albert Einstein or anything, but when you score less than 40 points, you're going to lose. Yeah, but I said they couldn't score, and then they beat UNC Wilmington. They were able to score with them. So that was weird. And then, like, you're like, all right, well, they're a pretty good team. Maybe they got a shot to be Florida, and they can't even put up 40 points. Yeah, and it's funny because last week all of us said the SEC sucks. And now the SEC and the Big Ten are back. Yeah. So, uh, just looking at the game, I mean, Florida, they, I mean, they, they shut down Virginia, I guess, uh, not, I mean, or Virginia shut themselves down. Uh, Wisconsin, Wisconsin obviously got all the experience in the world with Caning, Hayes, Hap. Uh, they've been there before and I would expect them to be Florida. I think it'll be close. Florida plays solid defense as well, but, uh, I think Wisconsin pulls it out. Yeah, not having their big time really hurt with, uh, size, Wisconsin has three big guys, so that'll, that'll cause them some, some issues, and Wisconsin experience, uh, it should be a close game, I don't think it'll be one of the most fun games to watch, that be a Bruising game, but I think Wisconsin wins. Uh, I don't know who to pick in this one, I actually really like Florida, but I don't know. I don't it's one of them. Someone's going to roll. So, and you can't go against, like, if there's one last shot at the buzzer, you know, Kading's going to drill it. So they got the experience. They've got the guys with ice water in their veins on the team wearing red. So I'm going to go with Wisconsin. Yeah. Um, so, and then in the second game in that region, we got the matchup everyone's been waiting for Baylor and South Carolina. Um, Baylor, the Baylor USC game is actually pretty close down the stretch. Baylor had their basically backup point guard. This guy, LeCompte, came in and had like yeah. 10 points in a row to basically win the game for them. Yeah, I mean, he obviously got in foul trouble, but USC was kind of a team that underachieved during the year, and they looked pretty good in their, uh, throughout the tournament going through with the playing game and then beating SMU. Um, you know, their point guard McLaughlin, and then they had the Metu, the uh, power forward. He was pretty good. So that game was close. Um, and obviously the South Carolina Duke game was crazy uh, with, you know, they got P.J. Dozier and Scenarius Thornwell there. I mean, they just went off in that second half. 
which was they had a crazy half. I'm not sure if they can do that again, and I don't know about their size against Baylor, and Baylor's kind of, they were really good at the whole year, and uh, I like their size, and I like their guard play over South Carolina. I feel like their magic of their scoring kind of runs out in this game. Yeah, uh, like you said with the Duke game, the crazy second half, I don't know how many points they scored. It was, it was a lot, though. And they did the same but, thing in the uh, Marquette yeah, game, too. Which I was say, in Marquette, they were down like three and a half times, 37 points, and they finished with 93 or something like that. Yeah. So I don't think South Carolina can score, especially going against the size of Baylor. And that Baylor's pretty good defensively. Baylor's got a nice little easy ride here to the Elite Eight. Yeah. So... Well, Good for them because they usually lose. Yeah, I'm, I was March. saying it's it's about time it's about time Baylor makes a run. I mean Baylor was against New Mexico State in the first round. They're like up two at halftime, and you're like, oh, here comes Baylor again. But they, they were able to win that game, and uh, looks like you know they got a decent road to the Final Four. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna. This is a very tough matchup, too. I think I'm going to take South Carolina. I just think the, the magic with them. I think Thornwell is really good. I, mean, I haven't watched enough from this year, but he was the SEC player of the year for a reason. You like the Baylor, fun uh, magic. They, Baylor, they still can't trust them. Like, they can win the national championship, but I'll still take them to lose <laughs> in like, the first two rounds of that season. <laughs> one of those teams. Uh, I think uh, Thornwell will be a monster. I really like Frank Martin. I think he's a great coach. He's also, he he's also a crazy he's person. Nuts. He's nuts, but he uh, scares the crap out of me. He, lo- he, he legitimately looked like he was going to kill someone like on some of those like calls down the stretch of that Duke game. He was, he's got like the big striped pink suit on. He was yeah, like, I uh, saw today that he used to be a bouncer in Miami. That doesn't shock me. Gloves, which is it's just like the least shocking thing they've ever heard. Of course, that time was a bouncer. <laughs> he was scared the crap out of anyone. And double play uh, yeah, for the so USA. I mean, but uh, both of these games in this region are like, you know, not a lot of, a lot of bruising, athletic guys. So it uh, should be another close game. But this is the only region where, uh, you know, with the, all the upsets. So a lot of the, uh, you know, all the games should be a little more talented. Yeah, I mean, it might not be the most talent, but I think... Both games should be pretty close because neither team, neither uh, matchup, or either team going to score a bunch. So um, that should be interesting to see how that plays out. MSG getting a treat, seeing getting to see South Carolina. Uh, yeah, yeah, so um, <laughs> now we'll we'll move out west. We got Gonzaga and West Virginia, which should be a very intriguing game. Uh, Gonzaga did not impress me in their first game, and they were impressed me in their second game until. Uh, McIntosh on on uh, Northwestern decided to go crazy, and I th- I thought Northwestern was going to win that game down the stretch. They were coming down, seemed like they were getting every call until the that uh, call with the guy putting his hand through the net, which uh, no one seemed to see. So uh, Gonzaga moved on, and then West Virginia was really impressive. They won a tough game against Bucknell, and then were able to be pretty dominant against Notre Dame. I like West Virginia. I think they can pressure the ball in the way they're shooting it too. Scoring the ball has usually been their uh, what's hurt them in the past, and it looks like they're really on a roll scoring the ball. And Gonzaga has not been impressive so far. Karnowski didn't even play that well against Northwestern. He's one of their big guys. William Scott hasn't impressed me that much either. So I'm going with West Virginia, and I think they win by like five to eight points. So you say I bet on West Virginia? I uh, sprinkle a little money line on West Virginia. 
<laughs> I'm gonna take Gonzaga. I think they got a lot of size, and that could help them out here. They got a lot of good ball handlers that can that are not gonna turn it over. I don't know West Virginia or I mean Notre Dame just looked rattled. I don't know who that number two guy was, but oh, yeah, he was the ball, not was the even not on his best day. I don't think. I don't think Gonzaga has a guy number two on Notre Dame there that's going to turn it over every time. So Gonzaga offensively can be really good. In West Virginia, I don't think they're going to shoot 50% from three or whatever the hell they did. Like They're going to shoot normally like 30-something percent. I think it was like 36% on the year they usually shoot. So I expect them to struggle a little bit more with a better defensive team, and Gonzaga's going to win. Yeah, that's what I, I loved about the Notre Dame-West Virginia matchup, though, and I thought they would win for sure because of they didn't turn the ball over. That's what West Virginia does. And, you know, as soon as you watch a game, you're like, you know, what's, what's going on? You don't even turn the ball over every possession. And you knew they were in trouble right from the beginning. But uh, I think Gonzaga wins. I think Williams Doss is a great player. He'll lead the team with that offense and uh, with guard play. So he'll be able to uh, just cut down on the turnovers. I also think West Virginia, you know, not a great shooting team. I don't know, back to that game shooting, you know, lights out from three. So I think Gonzaga wins it. Does the lead eight. Yeah, um, you know, I think that might be a high-scoring game as well. Gonzaga's minus three right now. The over's like 149. So um, especially if Wisconsin, uh, West Virginia's able to speed him up, uh, that should – Got the score up there. And then the other game out west is Arizona and Xavier. Arizona, they they didn't really stru- struggle with St. Mary's. They kind of were in control of that game all the way, even though it was close. And then Xavier, Chris Mack's probably one of the best coaches in the country. Um, they didn't look like they were going to make the tournament. Won a few games in the Big East tournament. And then were able to sneak in. They were then the last team announced. Uh, they beat... They beat Maryland pretty easily, and then they killed Florida State. Florida State was crazy. I mean, Florida State's just that team with all the NBA-ready guys, and Isaac's. I think Isaac's are still really good, but um, they just they really didn't have anything that like at the beginning they were able to stay in it. Then Xavier just blew them out, and I think that's. I think Leonard Hamilton's kind of overrated coach. He's always. you know, he seems like he's been there for a while, and they and this is their best team, and they really haven't been able to win either. Um, and then just looking at Xavier's team with Blewett, Makura, and they lost. When you're looking at the guys that they lost, they lost Davis and Sumner throughout the year. So they've been really impressive. And um, But Arizona, they just got – I think they have too many NBA-ready guys, too much size, and they, they're so deep. And I, I don't think Xavier I was losing those guys throughout the year. And I don't, I don't know if they can score with Arizona, so I'll roll with Arizona. Yeah, I'm rolling with Arizona, too. They got, you know, a bunch of NBA-ready guys as well, and they play very solid defense, not like Florida State. So I think Xavier is going to have a tough time scoring the ball. I Kudos to them for making it this far. I had them out in the first round, so they've impressed me, but I think the run stops here. Yeah, it's crazy to lose Sumner, lose Davis, lose Farr, all these guys, and still make Sweet 16. Uh, Sean Miller used to be a Xavier coach, too. So Sweaty he, has, uh, he has some ties over there. Uh, I think the Arizona wins, but the one thing that scares me is if Blewett goes on this, like, Kemba Walker run where he just carries his team. They do seem like, every game. watching Xavier, they seem like one of those teams where, you know, it's like, 
kind of like Michigan where it's like they lost these guys at the beginning of the year and then they went on this magical run in the Big East tournament. But uh, I just think Arizona's too deep for them. I mean, they would have yeah. to get, they would have to get a really – yeah. They need to play you – know, they played so well as far as they need to do that and play even better against Arizona to – I don't know if they can play that much better with that, you know, missing some of their players. So I think Arizona wins. Yeah, it's going to be pretty tough. Um, but probably looking at, you know, Arizona's uh, bigger favorite to come out of there. They're minus seven and a half. So. Yeah, that's what we said before the tournament, too. Arizona kind of looked at whoever it was. It was Maryland, Florida State. None of those teams really scared me to beat Arizona. Yeah, I think they, I mean, they got a good draw, and I don't know if they'd rather play Gonzaga or West Virginia. I mean, people probably don't want to play West Virginia just because of the press, but uh, I like them against either one of those teams. Uh, so now we'll move on to the other side, the Midwest. Uh, Kansas, Josh Jackson looked great against Michigan State. That was actually a really good game for like 32 minutes. Um, yeah, so Bridges, Bridges was impressive in that game. Nick Ward. And then Kansas, Frank Mason wasn't great, but Josh Jackson really impressed me in that game. And then the Iowa State-Purdue game was one of the underrated better games of the tournament. Um, Purdue was up like 17 with 12 minutes left. Monte Morris came all the way back. They cut it to two, and then um, Caleb Swanigan and the boys were able to uh, finish it out. But uh, Kansas-Purdue is an interesting game. It's just Purdue's best two players are big guys, and... Kansas Kansas has big guys, but they don't they don't have a lot of depth. So if they were able to get like Lucas and Falchow or something, I think that's the only way they win. But Kansas's guard play and the fact that they have Josh Jackson, I think, is too much. I don't like picking Kansas in the tournament, but uh, just based on talent, I think they get past Purdue. Yeah, Purdue is like the fact that they had that seventeen point lead and then like. Blew it. It just totally says Purdue. Yeah. Has Purdue written all over it? Swanigan's a great player, yeah, but one player is not going to carry it. He's not like Kemba Walker, you know. He doesn't. He doesn't play point guard. Okay, he plays power forward or center, depending on who's in the game. So it's a matter of how many touches he gets. And I feel like Kansas is just—they've got the better players all the way around. Josh Jackson, like you said, is going bananas. Guy looks incredible. Frank Mason just controls the game. I. Honestly, think Purdue is in for a smackdown. Oh, whoa, whoa. Pretty so, ugly. You know, Kansas over here. I, I really do. Kansas, Kansas, five. Kansas is going to beat them up. Uh, yeah, it's a strange matchup because Kansas has the much, much better guard play, but Purdue is the much better big man. So I'll take the guard play over the big man, especially in college basketball. Take Mason, and then who's going to guard Josh Jackson on that team? They really have, they have no one. So it'll be it'll be the difference maker with the guard play. I think Kansas wins too. Yeah, I mean, it just seems like Kansas will be able to you know double Swan again, get the ball away from him, whatever it is. And Kansas, I don't know if they can score with him either. I mean, they have Vince Edwards too, who's good to play with uh, Swan again and Isaac Haas, but I don't think they'll be able to score enough to hang with Kansas and. Just Jackson's the X factor. I mean, he's just so much more athletic and skilled than all the other guys on the court. So, uh, interesting to see if Kansas will run because Purdue's big men, you know, Mike Tyler has to be able to run down the court. Mason Graham to Ryan Jackson, you know, he's a great transition player. A lot of his points are stored in transition. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it has the potential to be an interesting game, but I could also see Kansas just blowing them out. Uh, the other game in this region could be the most entertaining game of the tournament. 
Oregon and Michigan. Um, Oregon, they beat Iona pretty good, and then they were down against Rhode Island. Looked like um, Rhode Island was going to be a Cinderella team, go on to the Sweet 16. And um, Dylan Brooks made some shots. Tyler Dorsey got hot. He was, I mean, he was probably the reason they were able to move on there. Um, and basically, I mean, they don't have a lot of depth with Boucher, but they were able to get through that game. Rhode Island kind of collapsed down the stretch, and then Michigan's this team of destiny since that plane went down. They won the Big Ten tournament. Um, they upset Oklahoma in a crazy. Well, they didn't upset Oklahoma, but um, they uh, that was a high-scoring game. They were able to win that one, and then Michigan-Louisville, one of the better games of the tournament so far. Uh, they had a German guy, Moritz Wagner. I think they got that right. Um, is it Wagner? I, they kept saying Wagner, and I'm like, it says Wagner on his back. I don't know what you guys are talking about. <laughs> so he, when you're getting 26 points from that guy, um, you know, you, you've got a good chance to win that game. I mean, it should be really high scoring. Uh, Michigan's been scoring like 70 points every game since the Big Ten tournament. Uh, Oregon's obviously a high scoring team, too. Uh, I think it's a matter of what, whether Dorsey can get hot again. He's kind of the X factor for them. Brooks didn't look great throughout the game. He made some shots, but he wasn't uh, that good. And Dylan Ennis wasn't great either. So I think I'm going with Michigan. I mean, they they got DJ Wilson, Wagner, uh, you know, their point guard Walton. They everyone's able to score on that team. So um, I'll, I'll go with the team of destiny. Yeah. Well, in my bracket, I actually had this matchup, and I took Oregon, so I'm going to stick with it. They got Oregon going to the Final Four, and I wouldn't want to screw that up. But Michigan is – anytime Michigan gets into the tournament, like they're always making a deep run. They're one of those teams now that you're just like, it's March, they're going to win. Um, they're fun to watch. They've got Walton playing at an extreme level. Wagner, Wagner, however the hell you say it, that guy's fun to watch. And then you got Wilson. And then Irvin – Irvin, like, if he goes off, that team's almost unguardable. Yeah, when Irvin came to Michigan, he was supposed to be, like, the guy, and now he's, like, like the third or fourth best guy on that team. Yeah, he's, like, the fourth guy. Yeah. But he's, he's definitely a difference maker still. The thing, the reason they picked Oregon is because they can score just as well as Michigan when they're on, hitting their threes. And Dylan Brooks, obviously, a difference maker. But Oregon has the better defense. Like, if they play good defense like they're capable of, I think they're going to win this shootout by a little bit. Yeah, I would have a similar response. I also had Oregon, Michigan in this matchup. One of the few <laughs> matches I actually have in the Sweet 16, right? But, uh, yeah, I had Oregon winning before. I just I thought too many athletes, too much athleticism. They have a bunch of players. Uh, but both teams don't play great defense either, so it should be another high-scoring game. B-Line's a great coach. Every time Michigan's in a tournament, they're a threat to win games. I'll take Oregon. I just think Dylan Brooks makes a shot or two towards the end, but this is the game that his last possession ran all over. Yeah. You know, it's like 99, 92, 90, something like that, 80, 86. Yeah, but just like watching Michigan's first two games, like you're watching the game and you're like, they don't miss. Like they literally yeah, don't miss. Yeah, some shooters, they got some players. Their offense has always been really good the last few years. But it's their defense that kind of hurts them. Yeah, so we'll see what happens. I think for Oregon, it's obviously Dylan Brooks, and I think for Michigan, it's DJ Wilson, who seems like uh, he's had the big games when they're able to when they're able to win games down the stretch. He, he hit a bunch of free throws against Louisville down the stretch. 
And, you know, as a big guy playing with Walton and Irvin, if he's able to give them 15 as well, uh, that's definitely a big help. So I like them moving on from the Midwest. Right now Michigan's favored by one point, which is a little interesting considering – Where's that game being played? That is at the Sprint Center in Kansas City. All right, so. Gabriel Stovall will be there. No, he won't. <laughs> Gabe's He'll sneak in somehow. He'll sneak in there. Uh, so now you know, we'll go on to the last region. Uh, so this is the region where it's all chalk, and it's it's kind of good that it's all chalk. Uh, we got some good matchups. Uh, North Carolina, who escaped Arkansas, that I mean that did not look good for the Tar Heels down the stretch. Um, they were able to get some turnovers down the stretch. They really didn't play great most of that game. Uh, turned the ball over a lot. And they will take on Butler, who I didn't even have making it out of the first round, so show so much I know. But um, they kind of rolled past Winthrop, who sucks. And then wow. Winthrop, Winthrop, like, I was like, everyone's talking about this Keon Johnson point guard that's really good. And he was, I mean, it was, uh, whatever. Butler, too, they're guaranteed a win or two in the Yeah, I should have known about the ghost of Gordon Hayward. But, uh... They moved on. They um, they beat Middle Tennessee. I mean, it was kind of close, but they were in control of that game most of the way. Um, this is an interesting matchup. North Carolina can really score the ball when they're on um, with Barry Jackson and then two guys inside, Meeks and uh, Hicks. But um, Butler's, I mean, obviously they have the pedigree of winning in the tournament. Uh, they got a great coach. Kamar Baldwin's playing well. They have the Shrabis guy, however you say his name. And uh, yeah, so I mean, they got a they got a bunch of guys that have been there before. Uh, and then you know they can. I think just the issue will be can they score enough to hang with North Carolina? If they can, I think they'll be able to stay in the game. It's just North Carolina can score and they have the dominant presence inside. They have Shrabis, but I mean Meeks and Hicks are two of the best front court mates in the nation. So. Um, I'll I'll stick with North Carolina. North Carolina. I have them winning the whole thing, so um, I think they'll be able to win this one. Yeah. Uh, the problem with this one, obviously, Butler plays really good defense. Their offense is like, you know, not that fun to watch. But like North Carolina likes to get up and down. It's a matter of who controls the pace, really. If North Carolina is not getting into a you know full out sprint, this could be a game. But I don't see Butler grabbing very many rebounds which could be an issue. I feel like the offensive rebound and, like, the second-chance points is going to be the big difference, and that's why North Carolina is going to win. Yeah, UNC just got too many guys. They're big guys, Jackson, Barry, you know, they got a storm at the B, down low, can shoot. Their offense, they haven't looked great. I mean, I know they played Texas Southern, crushed them, doesn't mean they didn't. And that Arkansas game, I thought for sure they were going to lose that game up until the end. Like what they been for the last three minutes, which is crazy. But uh, yeah, the UNC, I think, I think they win. I don't think this will be as entertaining of a game because just the way Butler plays, slow, you know, very slow paced for defense. UNC will just make a couple more shots and win a game. Yeah, I mean, for Butler to win the game, they really got to slow it down, grind it out, and just hope uh, UNC isn't hitting threes. Um, just like keep the score down and being able to stay in the game. Uh, and then the last game, the Sweet 16, uh, could be one of the best. Uh, UCLA-Kentucky, two teams that are probably 
Well, Kentucky could be a two, but UCLA is probably better than a three. Uh, Lonzo Ball looked great against Cincinnati at like 17, 8, and 9. Um, he was fantastic. At, and then uh, Kentucky had a really tough game against Wichita, which you kind of knew Wichita always plays Kentucky tough. You knew that was going to be a low-scoring game. But um, they were able to come up with the plays on the stretch, which is um, interesting for a team with so many freshmen. There, Monk had a block down the stretch. Adebayo had some key stops, and Monk was able to score the ball, which was which was interesting. Uh, I think Kentucky will need Monk to have a really big game uh, to beat UCLA. Should be really high scoring. Uh, there's a lot of NBA talent, obviously, on both sides, but um, they're going to really need Monk and Fox to go off because I think UCLA can really score with anyone uh, when balls when balls distributing. You know, he's got Leaf and Holiday and so many other guys. Um, I'm going to go with UCLA. I just I don't see I don't see Kentucky being able to score with them. As surprising as it sounds, um, they haven't really gotten off to great starts. And Monk hasn't impressed me scoring the ball so far. So I'm going to go with uh, Levar Ball and UCLA. Levar Ball. Yeah, I'm going to go with UCLA too. I I mean I picked Wichita to beat Kentucky. Shows how much I really. Um, about Kentucky this year. Like, I, I just don't think they're that great. They can be good. It wouldn't surprise me if they won this game, but UCLA is just such a power offensively. Kentucky, they showed in the last game, they can really play defense, but this is a whole new animal in in, in UCLA. So they're going to have revenge on their mind. They're going to want to, you know, avenge the loss they had earlier in the year. It'll be a good game. It's the one everyone wants to see the most, but I think UCLA is just too much for Kentucky. Yeah, I think this would be the best game of the Sweet 16 games. I also think UCLA is going to win. Pretty much a must-watch game. So many, so much talent, first-round pits on, on both teams. And uh, someone tweeted saying, how could Lonzo Ball's dad be so selfish and Lonzo be so unselfish on the court? That guy's making some crazy passes, alley-oops. You know, and while he's, he puts up like 17 a game, 8 assists, 7 boards, does it all. Uh, it's a true leader, too, for that team. And you got some other players, too. And Kentucky, I think, really underachieved all season. Like, every game, you're like, oh, they seem to be really good. And then they're like, oh, not so good. So Monk, uh, they need a huge game from him. Meta, his team really putting up 25-30. But he didn't look great last game. But uh, they don't play good defense either, UCLA. So it should be another high-scoring game. But I think... Kentucky just can't hang with UCLA and Ball and Leaf and Holiday and even Alfred will make a bunch of threes. Yeah, I mean, Kentucky's just going to need huge games from those guys, and I haven't seen it so far. Fox has been the better of the two. Um, Monk looks like he's going to be J.R. Smith or Deion Waiters, one of the two. He just like he's going to shoot no matter what, and that's going to be his role at the next level. So he to be a good defender too. He's so athletic and lanky. He's, he made so he, he did. Yeah, he did make some plays down the stretch of that game, which was pretty impressive. But um, I just like UCLA being able to score the ball. The lines even right now, which is um, yeah, I think they'll be a twin flip game. Yeah, at least on the on spread and everything. But yeah, I mean, UCLA wins. definitely should be pretty high scoring. Um, so that's all the Sweet Sixteen games. Um, is there is there a team you guys like to? kind of make it all the way I mean regardless of your bracket just kind of who you think has the best you know kind of way to get there I, I still like North Carolina to win but they kind of they got to go through Butler and then UCLA or Kentucky so I mean that's really tough for them 
Uh, and then you're just looking at both sides. I I kind of like Wisconsin if they're able to if they're able to get out of that region because basically you're going to play Florida and then probably Baylor to get to the Final Four. So I really like them yeah. if they're able to get there. It'd be funny if they played Arizona in the Final Four. Yeah. They play what, two years in a row. <laughs> yeah. Everyone, everyone, everyone wants to see sweaty Sean Miller against Arizona. <laughs> about them is their Elite Eight game scares me because I don't know if they can score with Oregon or Michigan. But they would play an Oregon team, you know, missing a die. It would be something in Michigan right on the table. Yeah. Because if they make it to the Final Four, they're playing home games. So that's true. I People mean, that. yeah, it's gonna be <laughs> crazy, crazy wild in Glendale if they make it. So, well, yeah, it's like, uh, who's gonna beat them? I mean, Gonzaga or West Virginia would be a good matchup for Arizona. Wouldn't be an easy game, but. One of the best parts of the Sweet 16 was all the North Carolina fans that stayed to root for South Carolina during their game. That was uh, that was very entertaining. So I thought it was a little stupid though having South Carolina play. Home I mean, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna sit, I'm not gonna sit in here and cry for Duke. Okay, this is not North Carolina is not far away. This is this is not the podcast to cry for Duke. You came, <laughs> no, you came no, to the wrong place. Um, <laughs> I'll choose a different group of people. Uh, you know, that's all the college basketball talk we have. Uh, we have some time, so we can do a little World Baseball Classic. Um, the U.S.'s win over the Dominican Republic was probably, I mean, one of the biggest wins in USA baseball history, I guess. I mean, they've never really done anything. <laughs> Considering we've never made a final. <laughs> I mean, the past four or eight years, whenever they've done it, there hasn't really been a lot of passion there. Uh, David Wright had a few hits like four years ago, and they like won a few games. But uh, you know, they they blew that game to the Dominican Republic, and then you figured after they uh, lost their second game in that pool, they would lose to the Dominican Republic again. But um, a magical robbery of a home run by Adam Jones, um, a couple big hits, and USA Baseball's in the semifinal, which is being played right now. We got USA Japan 0-0, bottom three. Hopefully we can beat the Japs. Uh, we've never seen anyone play before, but they'll probably beat us. Um, yeah, so uh, I guess, what do, you, what do you guys think of the state of USA Baseball? Because... Uh, you know, a lot of times we see these, the, like, the U.S. players haven't really played together their whole life like the Dominican or Puerto Rican players have. So, um, if they were, I mean, if they're able to win this tournament, it, you know, creates a lot of more buzz in the U.S. Yeah, I mean, like, this isn't even, like, that great. No, no one really cares, put but... Together. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's it shows that I mean obviously 
USA's got a lot of talent. Like, no one's like questioning that, but it's an anomaly to me that they haven't made a World of Baseball Classic final in all these years. So this year they got all that pressure on them and they're all the chatter behind their back and they're probably like, yeah, we're going to make it this year. You know what? And it's magical and we're doing it. So well, it's, I like it. It seems I like, like it. it seems like some of them actually care. Like in past years, it seems yeah, like most of the players don't give a shit. Embarrassed anymore. Well, yeah, like going into it, I was like, oh, am I really gonna watch it? Maybe if it's on TV, I'll just catch it. But the games have been pretty much must watch. Some of them with the, you know, uh, they're more electric than pretty much. Uh, the, the crowds are great. Well, whenever there's the like Vuvuzelas in the crowd, I mean, you can't go wrong with the Vuvuzelas. <laughs> for the baseball season. Um, Holbert, you got any early thoughts on the uh, Yankees? I know Didi went down, but um, what, what are we thinking for the year? I'm excited. How could you not be excited after the spring training they're having? I know it doesn't usually mean much spring training, but damn, they're killing it. So I think their offense will be a lot better than most people think. I just I think, think the pick- offense will be good. I mean, it's unproven. They're a bunch of young guys. I mean, everyone knows Gary Sanchez, but will he, you know, duplicate what he did last year? He might not duplicate it, but hopefully somewhere close. I'll take that. Anywhere close is good for me. Greg Bird. Okay, everyone forgot about Greg Bird. That guy's amazing. Bird is the word. Hopefully he keeps it up. I love me some Greg Bird. And then DD obviously hurts. I've got that that jersey now. i got to keep it in the closet till May. Over to Mush. Uh, yeah, so the bullpen's good, but usually Girardi finds ways to overuse Batances, and then he frustrates me. But I think, obviously, the biggest question with the Yankees is the pitching. You got Tanaka, who has been absolutely lights out this spring, looking to have the best year of his career, and then you've got uh, nothing. Yeah, that's about it. Yeah, yeah well, I mean, that, that's that's the big... The bullpen should be good with Clipper to Batances and Chapman. It's just... Like, can you rely on CC and whoever else they're throwing out there? So, uh, I mean, they're in a tough the division. No. Yeah, so, I mean, they're in a tough division too, but they should be a fun team. Beans, any thoughts on our Mets? Uh, I think I'm going back and forth if they win a division or not with the Nationals, and it sucks now with the one game. I mean, I like the Wild Card. I just wish it was two out of three. Seems to win 90 games, and then their season done in one game. But uh, they haven't had any, any injuries yet. Except for right, but we all know that was coming, so we already know someone's going to get hurt. But on paper, with this lineup, there's a lot of questions on who's going to make the team, whether it be the outfield, whether they do it through Fordo. We know it's going to be Bruce, Drew Anderson, Cespedes, but who the other guy's going to be? Is it going to be Tenforto and Ladaris, Nemo and Ladaris? Does he want Tenforto getting bad bats every day? But uh, the bench should be really good, too. I mean, you have Flores and TJ Herrera coming off the bench. I need a little Darius or Conforto, so they got a lot of different weapons. You know, Terry Tom's is crazy. He's going to throw some crazy lines, crazy matchups out there. Uh, bullpen could be could be scary, though, if Amelia's not. If he's healthy, though, I actually really like this bullpen. I think, I mean, he's healthy if he's going to not be suspended. You got Familia, Reed, Robles, Salas, 
a couple lefties. I like Levin's smoker. And then if you have a long guy with Lugo or Wheeler, whoever it's going to be, too. So I think the bullpen will actually be solid, which a lot of people the aren't. bullpen analysis all the way down yeah. to the long relief. Ian's given the people... Can't get much more than that. Giving the people every uh, bullpen arm in the Mets rotation. But, uh... I mean, as long as we keep Familia away from the woman, we should be all right. Um, yeah. I mean, it should be. It should be. Yeah, I mean, hopefully, hopefully we can figure that out. Um, should be an interesting year in New York baseball. Uh, should be fun. That's all. But uh, you know, that's all we got for you guys today. Um, hopefully, you enjoyed our college basketball talk. Uh, keep. We'll keep you updated throughout the tournament um, and be on the lookout for our MLB previews as we'll be getting those out throughout the week. Follow us on Twitter at backdoor underscore cover, and uh, we'll see you next week.